Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of Happy Chirp. Today I'm having a very interesting conversation. As you can see, I am also not in my usual studio. That's because I'm at the visa office talking to the group country manager and senior vice president of the NALP region, which is North Africa, Levant and Pakistan region. And with her, I'm having a conversation around something that could be an opportunity for you. So visa is bringing an initiative called She's Next to Pakistan, which is basically an opportunity for all Pakistani women who are hoping to set up their small businesses or scale their small businesses, providing them with mentorship, training and winners will also get funding for their small businesses. So if you are interested at all about learning how to run a small business in Pakistan, then this conversation is for you. This is something that most of you, a lot of you actually already know that interests me a lot. I've spoken about businesses on this platform many times on how women can be enabled to run their businesses in Pakistan. So this conversation is very essential. Um, since this conversation will be done with Leila Serhan, who is from Lebanon, this entire conversation will be in English. I hope that this is resourceful for you. Lela, how are you? I'm good. Hi, Hamna. Thank you so much for making the time and doing this with me. I'm really happy to have you on my podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. So, you know, before we begin talking about why I brought you here specifically, I just want to get to know you a little bit. Mm -hmm. So tell me a bit about yourself. Where are you from? Well, I'm from Lebanon mm -hmm. uh, originally. Um, I was born in Lebanon, but actually raised outside of Lebanon. Oh, okay. I was born when the civil war be began. Uh, so my parents very quickly left the country. Um, and um, I lived in many places. So I lived in the Middle East, uh, a little bit in the Gulf, and then moved to France, uh, where I had most of my, I would say, middle school, high school, studies okay. um, and then went back to Lebanon for my university studies yeah. oh so you've uh, <laughs> you've been around <laughs> yeah yes it was um, I changed many schools it was not easy uh, when you change schools okay. change friends it's always drama specifically when you get to a certain age uh, but um, uh, I, I don't have this friend that I've been with from kindergarten until uh, until I graduated from school, uh, but it was very enriching. Yeah, um, I can relate as well because my father, he was in the army, so we kept moving all oh, the wow. time, every two years, so I <laughs> yeah. know what that's like. Um, so can you tell me, do you think that sort of, uh, you know, although like, you know, you keep uprooting yourself and making new friends and it has its challenges, but do you think that kind of sort of contributed to your personality in a good way? I think so. Um, I mean, I have, I, uh, now I, I'm a mom, so, uh, and I have two daughters, and, uh, and, and I would love to give them the kind of experiences uh, that I lived. Yeah. I think it helps build your resilience, yeah. for sure. Uh, but also, um, and, and speci especially now that I'm in the professional world, that I work in an industry that is fast moving, um, adaptability and agility are so important, yeah. are two very, very important characteristics that you need to develop and strengths that you need to develop. And I think my childhood actually helped me do this, be adaptable to changes, but also be agile and be able to quickly 
um, change uh, course, um, change languages sometimes, uh, the environment, your room, where your stuff is. Um, so yeah, I think adaptability and agility are definitely two very important things that I learned. Yeah. And um, so when, and when you went back to Lebanon for university, how was that going back tough. to? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was tough. It was tough. Uh, it was tough because it was also, um, um, uh, uh, I mean, there was a language barrier, so I didn't speak my own language. Uh, so I had to learn my own language. It was uh, reconnecting with the extended family. Um, which is also tough when you are 17, 18 years old. Uh, reconnecting with a culture um, that, um, that I have not grown up with, right? Uh, but, I, but I quickly, quickly became very much attached uh, to my country, very quickly. And I decided to go on road trips and visit my entire country oh. from north to south, east to west. Um, went to villages, uh, and this is how I really built uh, this kind of connection. Yeah, so you yeah. really got to know your roots then. Yes. Yeah. And that's, yeah. that's wonderful. I think that's kind of important as well. Yeah. It is very important. Yeah. Um, so you said that you went there for your university, right? High, um, higher studies. So what did you do your bachelor's in? Oh, I did my bachelor in business. Okay. Um, I... Uh, I, I studied at the American University of Beirut and uh, it was also another change because I was coming from a French system and going to an American university. Uh, but yeah, I did it uh, in, in, uh, in business. Yeah, and why was that your choice? It was a choice because, um, well, I did it in business finance. I love numbers. Okay. So there was the number part, uh, obviously. And um, it's, it was always something, I mean, my father is a doctor, but he's always been a serial entrepreneur. So we've always been around him building businesses, uh, selling off businesses, uh, bankrupting businesses. So uh, it was always something that I've seen around me. Yeah, makes yeah. sense. Yeah, it also makes sense why you're working now at Visa <laughs> with your business and finance yes. experience and degree. Right. So um, once out of, you know, university, so where did your work and professional experience begin? Um, very quickly, I actually started in, um, in companies that were focused on technology, right? So I started working for a telecom company. Uh, it was a local, uh, the local uh, uh, telco operator in uh, in Lebanon at the time. The boom of the, the telecom was happening, right? We didn't have cell phones, and suddenly we had cell phones in our hands. Uh, so it was very exciting to be working in a um, high-paced, high-growth environment. Um, I was in finance, uh, but of course there was a lot of technology around me. Uh, and then I moved to another big tech. Um, which is Microsoft, where I spent almost 20 years. And uh, wh where is this? So I started in Lebanon, moved to the UAE, okay. covered several markets uh, when I was with uh, Microsoft, uh, came back to Lebanon, came back to the UAE. So I uh, moved around this region a lot uh, with Microsoft. And, and, and there as well, I, in my mind, I was saying... Um, Business and technology are so intertwined that this is definitely the place where I want to be. And I will always work for a company that has a mix of the two. Uh, 
And this is what brought me to Visa, actually. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you think of Visa, Visa is probably the first fintech company yeah, yeah. that was ever created. Yeah, the longest <laughs> one we've all ever known. <laughs> so, and, 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 and Visa is a technology company. Yeah. Uh, so it's a payment technology company. Um, but there's a lot of business that happens behind, uh, behind this. Our clients are all uh, in, in the financial services industry. So I think it's, it was a good combination of my career culminating from my studies to the work I've done all the way to coming to a company like Visa. Visa, yeah. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about your role and what you currently do here at Visa. So my role is, um, so I'm currently based in Dubai, yeah. uh, but I cover a region uh, that covers around 17 market, um, which spans across North Africa. Um, so all the way from Mauritania to Egypt, going through Morocco, Algeria, Tunisia, uh, Libya, Sudan, um, the Levant area, um, which is includes my country where I come from, but all the countries around it, like Jordan, Iraq, is another exciting market as well. Um, and the Palestinian authorities, and all the way to Pakistan, yeah. uh, Pakistan and Afghanistan. So quite a, a diverse region. Yeah. Um, many markets, many languages, I think six or seven time zones, if I remember well. <laughs> depends depends if, in the, if it's in the summer or in the winter. Uh, but uh, yeah, very exciting. So then it's really good that you moved around so much as a child. <laughs> yes, know? exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and, and what I do is I, I mean, I lead this region. Um, we have um, um, five offices, um, in one in Casablanca, Morocco, one in Cairo, Egypt, uh, one in Beirut, Lebanon, uh, one in Amman in Jordan, and one in Karachi uh, in Pakistan. And I have wonderful people, a wonderful team uh, who works in these offices. And, and really what we do is how do we help those markets bring digital payments uh, alive? Yeah. Uh, and many of them are quite emerging in that uh, in that area. In that area, yeah. So, so your work. Um, so we're going to get to you know um, why we really have you here. Um, but I want to understand. So a lot of your work and initiatives are around women empowerment. Right? That's right. So can you share a bit about that? The work that you do around women empowerment. Sure. I mean, the, the, one of the things that we see in many of these emerging markets, right, and in many markets, I mean, if when I think about the woman empowerment, we haven't achieved much in many places, um, is, is definitely the need to, um, how do you really uplift those economies, right? And we work, it's true, we work with big financial institutions as a company, um, but of a lot of the work we do is also through small businesses, um, okay. We know that small businesses are represent, I think, 90% of the global economy, right? This is what fuels the global economy. Um, and they're important specifically in, in our region uh, in terms of fueling uh, the, the, those economies that, are, I mean, we're not going to lie to ourselves. Our economies are struggling. And, yeah. um, so it's a lot working with small businesses. Um, Definitely, one of the things that we've seen with small businesses is women-led small businesses are struggling. 
um, and they have a lot of struggle and we can talk I can <laughs> I can talk for days about this but we can we can, we can highlight some of them uh, but uh, but going back to um, the, the things that we do around women empowerment it's really how do we help those women-led businesses um, uh, strive and overcome some of the challenges uh, that they are facing specifically uh, because they are women. Um, I mean, that's what we do on the external side. Uh, obviously, internally, there's a lot of work that we do in terms of creating an environment that is diverse. Um, and when we talk about diversity, there are many other things than just gender, but I think gender diversity is very important. Yeah. I'm very proud to say that actually almost more than 50% of my team is gender diverse. Uh, but also, how do you create an, an environment that is inclusive, right? Yeah. Um, and so there's a lot of, whether these are local initiatives or global initiatives that we look at um, that help in creating this inclusion, this inclusive uh, environment. And uh, one of the, the one that I really prefer the most is uh, this initiative around return to work, right? Um, after you've taken a break because yeah. of maternity leave, let's say, uh, coming back to work is not easy. A lot of things happened. And like I said before, this is an industry that is changing. Uh, so the kind of support that we give to women in terms of additional training, uh, flexible work time as well, um, so that they are able to come back and uh, be as, if not more, um, productive yeah. as they were. Before. Yeah. I think it's a real challenge. I mean, you would know, I also have a son. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so for me, like, you know, when I return to my work, um, you just change so much from the inside even. Yes. You know, it's not just your circumstances on the outside, but you just change so much. Um, and it takes some time for you to it adapt does. back to, you know, your normal life. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's definitely one of the challenges that women specifically face. But can we talk about, can you share a bit more about what challenges do you think generally women face in the business industry or when it comes to like finances? Yes. Because I know you've done a lot of work in the region for women. True. Um, and I'm sure you've done your research on that. And you being a woman yourself, you know. So can you share some of those with me? True. So so one of the things that we're, I mean, uh, that we're doing um, for women entrepreneurs specifically is this global initiatives, which we call She's Next. Uh, She's Next Empowered by Visa, um, which is really looking at women entrepreneurs and how do we address three major areas to help them. One is funding, but more importantly, I think it's access to training and mentorship. And over and over again, we see, and so this is a global program, but we have local chapters for this program. And I think it's important that we have local chapters because mm -hmm. I believe every local community is different than the 100%, other. 100%, yeah. You need to see what their their issues are. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so so last year we've had, um, uh, we've launched this in the GCC and in Egypt and Morocco. Uh, this year we're expanding it to Pakistan. Mm -hmm. uh, and hopefully next year, um, we're also thinking about expanding it to Iraq as well. So definitely markets where there is, uh, there is a need. And, and before, uh, before we do this, we do run a survey. Uh, what we did this year is we run the SMB digitization 
index survey, um, specifically in Pakistan. And the themes keep coming up again and again and again, yeah. right? It's problems with the business environment mm. uh, that those women work in, is issues um, that they have with um, getting access to a network and advice, yeah. right? As a woman, uh, much more difficult than in uh, in other circles, I would say. And thirdly, uh, and obviously, um, this was probably accentuated after the huge and the rapid drive of digitization that we've seen after the pandemic uh, is is also being able to digitize their own businesses. Yes. Right. Yes. So these themes keep on coming over and over again. And, and what we want to do through She's Next is actually how do we help them address these themes? I mean, if we think of the business environment, um, basic things, access to finance. Right. Is very hard. Yeah. Uh, I think more than two thirds of the women we survey say that they have to go to their own personal savings. And I know entrepreneurs do this at the beginning, right? Uh, but eventually, they're able to access finance. Eventually, they're able to access the basic financial services than any financial institutions can give them. For a woman, it is much harder. Yeah, for sure. And in yeah. Pakistan, the result of our survey has shown that, yes, it is much harder for a woman to open a bank account, to get access to credit yeah. uh, from from this bank. Uh, if if she wants to do it on her own. Yeah. Because one of the things that we've also looked at is what, so why do you want to be an entrepreneur? Yeah. Right? Why do you want to be an entrepreneur? And more than half said, we want to be entrepreneurs because we want to reach financial independence. Yeah. So if I want to be financially independent, but then if I have to open a bank account or get a credit, I have to rely on someone else endorsement or assets. Yeah then where is financial independence, yeah. right? And even the banking system, um, it makes it very difficult to open bank accounts and business accounts for women specifically. So there's always this, um, uh, whether your husband or your father kind of thing in your forms and everything like that needs to be exactly. there, it needs to be sorted. Um, and it's just like you need that person's presence or um, a letter or a form yeah. or something like that and it just makes it so much more complicated right so when you have so many barriers for women it's not easy you know the challenges easy. are more yeah. and and obviously you know these are more sort of on the business end but then there are personal issues for women of course. yeah you know <laughs> they have to they need permissions and of they course. need yeah and they're not empowered enough to step outside their of homes course. and go do these things on your own. And the interesting uh, thing that you brought up with, you know, the personal funding, the, the personal savings they have to yes. get into. Um, it's just that the society overall, it doesn't trust women, right? So, so people aren't willing to fund them or help them. Um, and first, they always have to go into their own savings and even people around them, right? So it's just like, because a woman is doing it, her business is not taken as seriously. It's considered like a hobby, like yes. a side thing. So, you know, it's okay. Just, you know, use your savings. Like, yeah, do you, you have some savings. Go use them go to use open your them. business. Yeah, I think, and this is what we call, um, I mean, this gender stereotyping, right? Yeah. Um, and, and, and actually, in the survey, we actually ask about this. And 
I believe like 86% of women said that they faced gender stereotyping. The kind of, um, you know, uh, biases that you talked about. Yeah. Um, wh why do you want to do your own business? Yeah. Or, oh, you, you have a hobby. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> yeah. That's cute. So, yeah, yeah, okay, fine. Maybe you can do it. So use a little bit of your saving. Don't spend a lot of money on it because obviously, probably you're not going to make it yeah. or you're not going to make money out of it. That's um, that, that a lot say that they face this kind of stereotyping yeah. and that holds them back. That holds them back. Yeah, yeah. so I think okay, there's a lot of issues like that in Pakistan and um, also... First, you mentioned, um, you know, the investment or the funding. And the other thing you mentioned was also guidance. Yes. Right. So, right? so there's a huge lack. Obviously, there are some people um, who are doing their best in giving that guidance to women, tailored to women for their issues. But, um, you know, there are systems that are not in process. So, True you know, f to be able to follow through that mm -hmm. as well. So you need a guidance that is specific to those systems, yes. like how to make yourself uh, go through the system being a woman. Exactly. Yeah. So I think, yeah, that well, those are important things. To I think w one of the things is, is um, what's, what is good when you have a global program that comes locally, right, is you get access to a global network, mm. right? And we run She's Next in so many countries. Um, and throughout the years that we've been doing this, we've created a She's Next Club. Right. Um, and th that She's Next Club becomes kind of a, a, a reference for many of the women entrepreneurs that, comes, that come on board She's Next. So in the She's Next Club, there's, okay, probably many online resources, uh, but as we start building it year on year in a, in a local market, then the local She's Next participants create this own club and we help them do okay. that. Mm -hmm. uh, so this is the first year in Pakistan. Hopefully the women entrepreneurs that are part of She's Next this year will create their own club and will help. And I love this multiply multiplier effect. I think yeah. the network effect specifically uh, for women is extremely, extremely powerful. Um, I've been helped so many times in my life, in my career, by this network effect. Um, I've seen the impact it can have on people. Um, so this is also something that we definitely uh, uh, want to encourage. Okay, so can you tell me uh, what exactly is in the She's Next program? So She's Next is, um, so, uh, we're looking at many women-led businesses that okay. are based in Pakistan. So it's very important that these are Pakistani businesses. Uh, it's very important that they are women-led. Um, so it can be two or three co-founders, uh, but we need to have a, a woman <laughs> in there. So this is also very important. Um, and so, so they apply. Um, one of the things that we look at is through the applications, um, they are pitching their business, right? There's a funding that is granted. Um, so hopefully you will have uh, five winners. And I, th I don't think the funding is the most important part. Uh, the funding is each winner will get around $10,000, right? Okay. Um, uh, it's, not a, it's not a big amount, it's not a small amount, 
But I don't think the funding is the most important part. I think the important part is the training and mentorship that comes after this. Because, I mean, like I was saying, a lot of the women, a lot of the recurring theme that we hear from women-led businesses is we need advice. We need access to advice. We need access to mentoring. We would love to hear from fellow entrepreneurs. Um, so we partner with organizations that are going to provide. So we partner with Catalyst that is going to provide a, a year-long mentorship program for the winners. Okay. Uh, and from what I heard from previous She's Next winners, they, they said that was just invaluable. That has, okay. it was probably the best thing that happened to them through this program because it helped them um, develop more business plans, uh, maybe help them in raising more funds, um, developing uh, new business lines, looking at their revenue, looking at their marketing. And the other one is training, you know, yeah. and again, in the same spirit of receiving advice, a lot of the women-led businesses we talk to say they want to develop an online sales capability. Uh, they want to be able to provide digital payments. Yes, which but they is don't so know important how. right now, yes. But they don't know how. It's actually a very big challenge for somebody, who, for a small business, to figure out digital payments. It's, of course. It's such an intimidating procedure. <laughs> <laughs> Probably you went through this yeah. yourself. <laughs> I know very well. It's an intimidating procedure, you know. Yes. And even, and, and for me, you know, I'm quite exposed. And even for me, it was a challenge, you know. So for somebody who, and there's a lot of people in Pakistan um, who have, you know, way less exposure than I do. I'm, you know, quite privileged. Um, so for them, I can't imagine how intimidating and difficult it is, you know. It is. Yeah. Not only in Pakistan, in many places. Many places so, yeah. uh, but also how do they develop their digital marketing skills? How do they develop um, their online presence and things like that? So so a lot of training is also so provided. So it's like an overall business it's training. An, exactly. Yeah. Overall business training, mentorship, very close mentorship and funding, of course. Um and there's of obviously the power of being part of a global network. Yeah, uh, I think right? that that's a very big uh, yes advantage. Yeah. Yes, uh, one of the things that we've seen with uh, previous winners of the she, of She's Next is, um, I mean, one of them, I, I've actually become very close to her, even personally. Mm -hmm. <laughs> she's um, she's a young lady in Morocco. She won last year. And uh, she has this website where she brings together, she aggregates, um, I mean, the, the handcraft is a very important industry in Morocco. It's a very big industry. There's actually, actually the Ministry of Tourism is the Ministry of Tourism, uh, Arts and Handicraft mm -hmm. over there. So um, it, it's quite organized, but it's, it doesn't really have all the tools it needs okay. to expand. So she aggregates all of their uh, goods and sell them online mm. to Moroccan and non-Moroccans outside. And you will see in so many places Moroccan handicraft being sold. Uh, so she had them sell, sell online. That's what she does. And we've been working very closely with her, not only because she, I mean, she won, yes, uh, but then we've expanded our partnership with her. So one of the mm. things that we're doing with her is... Um, how do we bring more training to more women in the handicraft industry? Oh, that's around, interesting. Yes, 
so around practical business skills. So we're developing this with her and she, because she goes around uh, the country, so she's able to bring trainers, to bring all of those women in a room and we give them those trainings. So we use her to deliver this kind of social impact work that we want to do. Um, we've been also working in putting her in touch with big retailers, um, global retailers that are able to take on some of those products. So, so we really worked. You're with working really closely and yes, personally with exactly. these women and their businesses. Yes. I think that's that's pretty amazing <laughs> because I think you know that's what is needed right now. Yeah. And you know, once that, once big companies, you know, like Visa when this help women break this glass ceiling then it's then it's an auto then it starts to you know the wheel starts to run you exactly. know when when a lot of the women on the top you know they kind of break through that ceiling then they just it's a trickle down effect right exactly. then the system becomes smoother and smoother and smoother and over time you see so many other women yeah. right and they're not going to need that level of help because it's all going to be it's going to be organic. Organic and automatic. It's going to be and organic. Natural. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. going to be organic and it's going to be this network effect. This network that effect. I was telling you about. Yeah, yeah. That that's wonderful, right? So, through this you basically um you know want to help Pakistani women achieve their business goals, right? Um and in your previous competitions that you've held in I think Egypt, yes, Morocco, and Morocco before, um what what are some of the things that you've learned or ob observed? One of the things that we've learned is women are not shy. <laughs> That's good <laughs> to, to come know. on board. <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah, I, I think mean, they're they're just kind of waiting for that opportunity. Exactly. Yeah. You know, uh, so in if, like in in Egypt, we were overwhelmed by the number of applications that we have received. Um, more than 155 applications. In Morocco, we had a hundred and almost 120 applications, more or less. Um, so yeah, so this is definitely one thing. I, I mean, when we launched- So when that we launched, shows that there's definitely a demand. That is demand. Women need this. Exactly. And they want, they exactly. want this. And, 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 and I'm waiting to see the results of the Pakistan, uh, of the Pakistan one. I'll, We'll share them with you, definitely. I'm sure there's so many women who <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> are looking for an opportunity like this uh, in Pakistan as well. And yeah. and um, uh, and the selection was hard. The selection was very hard. Mm. So so this is definitely one thing that we've learned is that women are not. There is demand uh, for such programs. Uh, that's for sure. Um, and the and, and like I said before. It's, it was not only about the funding. The check was a very small part yeah. of it. A yeah. very, very small part. It was really about the training and the mentorship. Training, mentoring, the network effects that exactly. you talked about. That because I receiving. think uh, you can have the best business idea. You can have all the money, right? But if you don't know what to do or how to do or how to run a business, there's no point of that exactly. wonderful idea or, you know, um, that great amount of funding. You're just going to sit there and do all the wrong and things. <laughs> right? And, and if you close. have <laughs> Yeah, but if you have the right guidance, then even if you have a, a limited amount of money and you still need to, you know, sort of um, build up on your idea, that guidance, that mentorship 
Yes. Can help you. It's invaluable. Uh, it's invaluable. Yes, like it you is. mentioned before. Yeah. It is invaluable. So, so this is definitely two uh, two of the positive things that that we've learned. Um, but then, yeah, then when you start talking to these women, uh, then you hear the stories. Yeah. And there's still so much to be done. Uh, I think, uh, I mean, what we do with uh, She's Next and with our partners is a very small part of what really needs to be done. There's so much to be done. Like you said, for example, uh, basic things like opening a bank account. If this is regulation, then someone needs to change to go and change this regulation, right? Make it easier for women. Make it easier for women. And so it's really about how do we put the spotlight on those issues as well. and we published the survey. We yeah. published the results of the survey. I think there's just way too many social cultural issues as well. Like, so for example, in Synth, somebody was sharing this with me, like you'd go and most of the people that you would have to interact in the system are men, right? So you'd go and you'd say, you wanna do this certain thing. Um, and somebody told me the story uh, and the person sitting on the counter was a man. And he said, and this is his own personal issue. This is not part of, you know, any uh, professional questioning or business questioning that he needs to do. But he asked her, how do I know that you have your business, uh, your um, husband's permission for this? Oh, my God. (laughs) Right. Because it was his own personal uh, issue. You know, he said, you know, in my culture, in my culture, we we're not supposed to do this our women are not supposed to do this so imagine going through the system even to get something legally done but you are asked a question like this you know yeah and then you wonder yeah then you wonder do i answer this question or do i forget about it yes you know like exactly. let's just go I, somewhere else figure this out somewhere else, you know exactly that's not fair uh, it's not fair it's not fair so yeah so i think one of the big learnings is there's there's still so much to be done there's so much to be done so much yeah so i think we um, missed something important here uh, while we were talking about she's next so we mm. kept talking about winners right um what is the competition <laughs> right so people are winning but what what are they going through what is the what are they competing in Yes. Yeah. So, so w- what we do is is we accept applications from those okay. women-led uh, businesses, um, and they have to come and pitch, right? So it's kind of you're pitching to uh, uh, to an investor. So you pitch your business. Um, you pitch why do you need to be uh, why do you need the the funding uh, uh, of uh, to win? I mean, why do you need to win this prize? What are you gonna do with the money? Um, what are your plans? Um, so it's a pitch. It's a, it's really an investor pitch. Okay. Um, what we do is that we obviously there's a filtering that happens. Um, sometimes the applications are not, um, uh, I would say, do not comply with our rules. So it has, like I said, it has to be woman led. It has to be operating out of Pakistan. Uh, there's right. a minimum. Um, there's a minimum revenue that they need to be already generating, so it's not an idea. You're not pitching an idea. You have an existing business and you want to grow that business. Right. And you're coming to this competition, so you are able to win a prize that is going to help you grow that business. So so there's this initial filtering that happens, uh, then there's another filtering that happens, and then we have a set of finalists. Um, Hopefully we will announce them in October. 
and five winners, right? Five Percent. winners, yeah. yes. And then again, um, the final competition will be a pitch in front of a bigger audience. Mm. <laughs> but by then, I think um, the, those finalists would have been uh, very well prepared. Um, I've seen I've seen some of them being really really uh, anxious about getting on stage. Uh, and talking to so, uh, in front of so many people, but they've done such a f wonderful job. Mm -hmm. So there's a final pitch. There's a jury uh, yeah. that is going to choose the winner. Yeah. Okay. The winners. Right. So um, this is an important question for me. Um, well, first, in general, why do you think that women in any country need to be part of the economy or part of the business industry? And then when I, you know, when I'm talking to a Lebanese woman, <laughs> specifically and me being a Pakistani woman right and when I draw that kind of comparison between our economies and the struggle that they've been seeing so we know that Lebanon has been through an economic crisis recently and Pakistan is <laughs> in the depths of an economic crisis right now like you know one of the worst um, and so keeping that in mind and with your you know um, after seeing what has happened in uh, Lebanon what do you think and why is it important and what role can women play um, in the economy of a country? I mean, the, you know, it's, it's, I don't want to sound too cliche, right? The, the, the reality is you cannot build an economy based on half of the population. Yeah. You build an economy with the whole population. And uh, the, I mean, and, and at the end of the day, I mean, you're a mother of a boy, I'm a mother of two girls, um, we, we owe it to them to actually be productive. We owe it to them. And building, I mean, productivity in an economy is so important, whether a woman creates her own business or works or has a paying job, because we all have a job that's non-paying, but have a pay that, that she has a paying job is very very important to uplift this economy. Just think of the contribution to the GDP. Yeah. If you had more people working, right. the reality is a lot of those people who are not working today are minorities or people who have um, yeah who are part of a certain minority, right? Um, and we call women a minority, right? So imagine if you have more people productive, that's gonna just help the economy grow. Um, so, so it's just, I, I, again, I don't wanna sound cliche, but it's just, just, it just makes sense. It just right? makes sense. It just makes sense mm -hmm. for having this segment of the society being more productive. Uh, I think that's, that's definitely one thing uh, that can come to my mind. I, I mean, I've worked all my life since I graduated I've never stopped working and and I don't think, you know, sometimes you think of, okay, when am I going to retire? And I'm like, my daughter actually told me the other day, I don't think you'll ever retire. <laughs> she, I cannot imagine you doing nothing. Right. See, like that, you've done that role modeling for your daughters as well, right? They well, see, I hope. Yeah. <laughs> They're seeing that. Yeah. Yes, I hope, I hope. Uh, and I hope that... Uh, Many girls um, will be inspired by others yeah. to actually be a 
productive element of this society yeah. and be financially independent as of well course. yeah and i think it's um, it contributes to the overall economy and the gdp and everything but i think you know as a woman to woman we know that it contributes to our personal well-being as well of course. it's so it's essential it solves so many problems as yeah. well <laughs> it yeah. solves a lot of problems uh, i think we see a lot of societal problems today that happen because women are not financially independent yeah right um, we hear a lot of struggles of women that face um, domestic abuse mm. or domestic violence that's another big issue okay i want to ask you mentioned um, uh, you know issues for women in lebanon like this domestic violence um growing up well you grew up in a lot of other places mm-hmm. as well but um let's talk about generally in your life experience and in all the cultures that you sort of um absorbed yeah. did you feel that in most of these places um there was like women had serious challenges so what i mean to ask is because i know about pakistan mm-hmm. like i know the challenges that we have but you know for us we tend to think that outside of pakistan it's much better like women don't have a lot of challenges what do you think about it like in your surveys did you think that um the situation is a bit different in pakistan is it worse or was it similar to what you see for women in egypt morocco Lebanon. Oh, it's very similar. It is okay. very similar. I think. Okay. I think when I th- when I think of the recurring themes that I talk to you okay. about, uh, they are the same. I mean, access to finance okay. is an issue. Gender stereotyping is another issue, mm-hmm. uh, for sure. Uh, being able to access a network uh, and getting mentorship and advice, uh, talking to other fellow entrepreneurs. Uh, is also something is a need mm. i think in certain places i've seen this quite developed um so for example in lebanon i'm part of the lebanese league for women in business which has been an, a, a fantastic network and I, when i was telling you you know i know the power of network yeah and i've seen the power of other women uplifting women so yeah i, I think that Yes. Uh, very valid. This is so so these kind of networks are probably um more developed in certain places than others. Um what you need is um a group of um, few strong leaders who believe that um they can contribute back, right, to a certain to their community. And and this is what happened uh, in Lebanon. I've seen um I've seen them really lifting up so many other women um we've organized job fairs um we've organized we've found uh, jobs or even for many of the freelancers because a lot of the women are also freelancers yeah right yeah. for many of the freelancers um we find them projects um so helping them find jobs projects uh but also putting them in the spotlight uh celebrating them is also very important because you want to inspire others uh and also inspiring little girls yeah. and i think a lot of the work um that that we do uh through schools is also very important okay. mm-hmm. um right um we also do this as vi- at at visa we also try to go to schools okay. and um tell boys and girls yeah uh 
about you know financial independence mm -hmm. about you know practical money skills right i mean what is it to uh, what is it to uh, to to have credit um what does it mean to save i think this this is incredible <laughs> yeah and a lot of studies have shown i mean i remember i've read a study that was done in the uk that has shown that uh, kids 75% of men or women who have received some kind of financial education as a kid earn 40% more yeah I'm sure, but, you know, um, you know, kind of, it obviously makes sense, right? When you have more financial literacy from the start, you're able to understand money and just generally economy better. Like even, you know, grown up adults right now, and I've seen that in Pakistan, do not understand the basics yes. of economy and money, right? So they'll just be living their life, just living, yes. you know, not understanding what they're doing with their money. And generally, you know, this is a bit, you know, different, but your relationship with money and finances, the way that it has built and formed in your early years, it affects your entire life. You know, if you've grown up having a very, um, you know, bad relationship with money, it's going to affect you as an adult. It's going to be there in your subconscious mind. Um, so it's so important to build that healthy relationship with finances and money from the start, from the start. Yes. and just this fear of numbers and <laughs> you know uh, it's very much there so yes. i think from from childhood if that support is offered um especially i think from parents i think parents play a huge role in, in the kind of relationship they build um you know with money for their children i think you know i think that's a very yes. big thing so i think it's pretty amazing that you know you're going down to schools yeah. and doing that uh, so 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 obviously if, uh, i mean we diverted a little bit from your question but it, it, and again it goes back to the fact that you create those networks mm -hmm. those local networks right um that address a specific segment of the community or the society whether it's women or kids or uh, and it can be both, by the way. So women and girls. Um, I, I used to do a lot around technology for girls and go and, and, and preach technology and encourage girls to go into STEAM uh, yeah. subjects. Yeah. Uh, now right? it's STEAM. <laughs> yeah, now it's STEAM. Yeah. At the time, at my time, it was STEM. Yeah. <laughs> um, but but because, because it's well known that girls between the age of 8 and 11 lose interest in those subjects so i think you create those local network uh, and then when you have a global network behind you that is supporting you with the content um with the the exposure as well um that just makes it so powerful um so i love the work that we do uh in 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 that uh, in that respect yeah and i think that's very nice you said like you know between the ages of 8 to 11 girls lose interest and you know like even for me i just you know whenever it came to technology or money i would go running to you know my husband for <laughs> whatever issues you know i mean it's the truth i can admit you know because there is you know somewhere underlying a fear around technology and finances for me um that i really need to overcome you know be independent in those areas as well it's very i important. think growing up you know we sort of we're so conditioned in a way and our society just you know keeps we don't see the role models 
in those uh, fields so we think it's not for us yeah you know when we always see men when it comes to technology when we always see uh, you know men when it comes to finances suddenly it just feels like it's not me and, and i'm just so amazed <laughs> to see like you both doing both you know being in both and being and coming from you know this part of the the world the eastern part of the world you know coming from lebanon um you know with the very same issues i think that, that is a representation we eastern women want to see Thank you, you know a woman <laughs> who is um you know in business finance technology what else do we need right and and just and on that note i want to ask you that being from you know the eastern part of the world and working in the middle east and then working with women in um, egypt and morocco i do also want to talk about what do you think are some of the strengths or some of the things that have that have contributed in a positive way like so from the eastern culture that have mm-hmm. contributed in a positive way to your successes and identity because i'm sure that there are some values or some things that are part of the eastern culture um that actually contribute to your success or contribute as strengths that is something i would like to know from you i think we definitely have uh, i mean um again i i'm going to try to run away from clichés but there's there's definitely some personal values that um i believe have become so important in the business world right um and we've been hearing a lot in the past few years about this two things that i live by every day every day one is authenticity mm. and the second is empathy and 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 i think um and in both i felt with time i grew those two values um i mean we are still very much a culture of community family right um um and i don't want to cite any other culture but you see a lot of other cultures that have become more i would say polarized or more individualistic mm-hmm. um here in our part of the world it's still you know the family the extended family the community the all of this uh, that creates actually that degree of empathy that mm-hmm. you have right and i think when you grow seeing this when you grow seeing that oh you have a cousin that has a problem and everybody's rushing and there's this big family meeting to talk about um your uncle who is sick or you know this so there is this sense of community sense of community yeah. that creates and i think that and and we all feel we all feel you know for this so so i think i felt this this level of empathy in my culture obviously it grew in the business world and i believe that was mm-hmm. that contributed a lot to me as a leader yeah myself as a leader uh i think this is um, definitely one of the areas that i think that's uh, wonderful <laughs> i think the two things you mentioned authenticity and empathy such great strengths to have and i do think that from this part of the world these are two things that we 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 really do have yes. and the the things a lot of the things 
the realities that we've seen um, really contribute to our personalities and identities as well. Um, and I think that level of, you know, when you sort of see that and grow with that, there's, you have a whole new level of critical thinking and problem solving and, you know, support. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We know how to do problem solving, yeah. that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, and also like... That's for sure. <laughs> problem solving and, you know, um, sort of in emergencies yes, and yes, contingencies. Yes. Like, you know, like, for example, in Pakistan, it's like, you know, you were working for something and you're planning for something and at the, you know, at the, you know, right when you're about to execute, something happens in your country. Yes. <laughs> you know, so you know how to sort of deal with that. It makes you so sort of resilient. I guess. The yeah. resilience. Yeah, and uh, the problem solving. <laughs> I mean, you know, sometimes I, I, I don't like this word uh, of resilience because we use it too, so much. Mm, I, I understand. I feel you. Yes. I also try not to use it. Yeah. <laughs> Stop saying that we're resilient. Uh, we deserve to have uh, uh, a place that, ha that, is, that has a little bit more stability. But, uh, but it's true. I mean, resilience in, in, in the business context is so important. Yeah, but sometimes we just wish that we didn't have to use our resilience all <laughs> <Exactly>. the time. <laughs> like we have it, exactly. it's great, but exactly. can we catch a breath? <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah, okay. So um, so sitting now and working here in the Middle East, um, what are some of the great success stories that have come out? Because I'd love to see those coming out of <laughs> Pakistan as well. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I mentioned you mentioned to you, one, yeah, uh, yeah, one. Naoli. Yeah. Uh, I think um, uh, another one uh, that we've seen here um, in the in the GCC is um, um, one that was really uh, that was also around inclusion. Okay. Um, right, and um, we've actually helped. Uh, this uh, entrepreneur uh, get introduced so so they they help create environment of inclusion for specific communities within uh, corporates and so we've helped this entrepreneur as well grow her business get introduced go into uh, those places um, I've seen in Canada for example uh, the she's nets club has grown so big uh, today okay. that uh, we've seen um, in the this club is like digital online. Uh, it has it? so 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 this year I think for the first year this club met physically. Oh, physical presence, nice. And 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 I've seen the the she's next launch uh, because all of the she's next launch mostly at the same time. Mm -hmm. um, so I've seen the the Canada one was a little bit earlier than the Middle East uh, and then our region. So I've seen the she's next launch. Not I was not there, but um, I've been I've been exposed to some of the things that they've done, and they have this club, uh, and it, it has become this network. Right? Yeah. It has become this network, and other women mentoring other women, uh, women entrepreneur uh, helping the new ones. Um, so uh, there's so many. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, and I'm really looking forward to seeing what's gonna come up of uh, Pakistan. Okay. Um, one last question, um, which I'm going to ask about you. Uh, how, why do you think that um, you have now, like where you are today, have ended up being very passionate about empowering women? And what were, can you identify maybe 
things from your own life growing up or working and everything that have contributed you contributed to you becoming a as such an empowered woman uh working in areas that are so intimidating for mm. women and um like i want to understand how your life has shaped you into this empowered woman <laughs> like what are some of the things that you think played a key role I think one of the things we've been talking about you and I is definitely um this um concept of financial independence. Mm. I I think I I it grew in my mind um uh from a very young age. Uh my father used to always tell me, you know, you have to think about being your own person. Um so I had a I have a father who's very um i i I'm, i was lucky because he was very forward looking mm. um he was tough but he was for, forward looking he still is um uh and he was he he would always tell me you have to be financially independent you have to think how you become a person of your own being a person of your own means many things one of them is being financially independent and to be financially independent these are the things that you need to do so so there there was this mantra in my mind There are there were specific point in my life where I felt there were turning points. Um one of them was a big turning point in my career um when I had a a, a boss okay. who was a male mm. um who actually um, make it, made a bet on me and helped me shift my career, right? So helped me shift from being a pure finance person to going a little bit more into the business world and it was a big bet because i didn't know anything about marketing or sales i was a number crunching person um but provided me as well with the support uh, and the coaching and all of this behind it so i also understood the power of mentoring because he mm. was my mentor mm. um and and that you need mentors at several um uh, phases of your career um that will serve different purposes for you some will help you in doing your job today better but some are going to help you in 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 your future career and the other one is the this power of network so i remember when i was um, made um, in my previous organization i was named country manager um for my for the office in my own country and then this women network uh elevated me right mm. and gave me so much exposure uh you know uh, through announcements and dinners and uh you know and 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 helping me go into speaking opportunities and helping me be a role model for others uh that it also helped me in better doing my job because it opened up so many doors uh for me so um so yeah so i think um like we were saying as parents we have a big role to play in the relationship our kids are going to have with their future and their independence um mentors are important and networks yeah and <laughs> and you know it's interesting because i speak to so many women on this podcast i have spoken to so many of them and interestingly when i ask them this question like this is a pattern i've seen most of them always say you know growing up my father said <laughs> yes 
so it shows the role a father can play in his daughter's it's life true. if he tells her that she needs to have her financial independence she needs to be her own self like you know they they always talk about their mothers um role as well um sometimes they, it was their mothers but mostly it was their dads who said this <laughs> and you know they talked about their mothers mothers in other aspects of how they contributed true but i do feel that um i think if if your father i think your if your father can sort of give you that boost and that confidence i think girls go far it's true <laughs> it's true A- and yeah. you know we were not gonna do change alone as women yeah. i think um we also need men on board with us we need men on board to help uh, drive this change yeah we need yes. the fathers and we need the husbands and the brothers and and just men in general whether she is related to you or not related to you yes you know give her that support that's right she, yeah she's mm-hmm. a woman and she's in equal <laughs> yeah that's correct yeah. yeah um is there anything else you would like to mention or say maybe share about the she's next initiative before i wrap this up um i think um well i'm hoping to to see great results uh mm-hmm. from this year in pakistan uh because when it's successful the first time is just going to be rolling for many 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 years to come um so and i want to say good luck to all the applicants and um looking forward to the final competition and seeing the winners yeah and looking forward to some success stories of course <laughs> of course yeah thank you so much thank you amna it was great to talk to you likewise likewise thank you so much for tuning into this episode of happy chirp Um I hope that you guys learned something from this episode and of course as we mentioned the reason that I had her on here was to talk about the she's next initiative by visa um which I think is a great opportunity for many of you who listen to the podcast who watch the podcast and generally follow me anywhere elsewhere because I know that I do have an audience and a community who is very much interested in um you know taking their businesses forward i have spoken to so many of you before um who are running their small businesses so this is a great opportunity for you in pakistan to step up take it who knows where it takes you and your little business um and always remember that whatever small efforts that you are making through your small businesses as we spoke they are not just about you they are not just helping you but they are going to help your country's economy the gdp and the future generations your children like you said we owe it to our kids um so you are contributing to the future of your country and your future generations so thank you so much for tuning in don't forget to like don't forget to subscribe and i'll see you again next time allah hafiz